Coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. What kind of neighborhood do you live in, dude? So the boy from the project is sitting in there in the fancy restaurant eating duck. You sound like a Republican. I sound like a citizen who's concerned. Uh, What is an AHA? It's a great facility, but they were running it as a boarding school, and for some reason it it didn't succeed. So it's kind of an ideal spot if you're going to put 800 people. Uh, The government's paying the bill for education. Uh, Excuse me, Bill. We are the government. English as a foreign language. I've heard the term English as a second language as a foreign language. Bill, did you slip that one by me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. It makes a lot of sense for young people to be in AHA as opposed to a mothball prison. AHA is a luxury resort. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, Even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just say thank you for your grace and your mercy. Just thank you for all the things that you're doing as you're opening up doors that only you can open, God, and you're closing doors that need to be closed in our lives. So God, we just say we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, thank you for my buddy Odell and his wife, Bev. Uh, Thank you for my family. Thank you for allowing Will to get a CDL license, which is a big deal. Lord, um, we also thank you for the safe travel we had over the holidays. And as we get back into the swing of things, give us the energy to keep, keep going and doing the things that you have us do as you open up doors. Amen. Amen. Bill, I'm going to say this real quickly, sir, because I know the listening audience want to know how did Odell make it through the 4th of July weekend? Well, Bill, your boy is so close to hitting the 50 pound loss uh, target. So we're there. We're not going to turn this into an Odell Cleveland weight loss show. But I just wanted to give the listening audience an update that your boy, your boy is still on target. Your boy Odell is still on target. But at the other day, audience, you need to understand something. When we celebrated Will's CDL, Bill was buying, so Odell was eating duck. So the boy from the project is sitting in there in the fancy restaurant eating duck. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. And I noticed when we were at Panera Bread with Mark Walker and uh, Mark, the other fellow, I forgot his last name, uh, Cummings, and uh, you didn't eat anything. You just had a glass of water. I had a bottle of water. I've part of my plan is that I had another meeting after that where I was going to have a small salad. I have to plan my eating. And I went from a situation that eating was natural. If you had a lunch meeting, of course you eat, you know, 
But now I'm at the point where I think about what I eat before I eat, when I eat. And since I had a meeting behind that meeting, my lunch that day was a bottle of water. And then when I went to my 115 lunch, I had a small salad. So yeah, so very observant, my friend, very observant. Yeah, well, I was I, I was going to give you a hard time if you tried to eat something. <laughs> but I had a bucket of fried chicken in the back seat of my car. Nah, 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 we're going to leave all the fried chicken <laughs> to you. But guess what, man? Guess what, Bill? I got a call the other day from a friend of mine. She called and she said, hey, Odell, you know about what's going on with the American Hebrew Academy and immigration? I'm like, what? And she started telling me the story on everything that's going on. And I want to bring the audience in on our conversation without using the young lady's name because her name is not as important as the issue. And then I started looking at it. And so I started seeing a newspaper article said, former American Hebrew Academy plans to house immigrant kids spark concern among neighbors. And then I pulled up another article and this one says, North Carolina migrant shelter quietly opens after HHS denies plan to Congress. So it's like, what in the world's going on? And, and what the young lady says, Odell, I don't have anything against um, anyone. However, I'm being told that they're going to bring 800 immigrant youth. I, I guess I, I want to make sure I give respect. That's the right word, Bill. You can help me later on, immigrant youth to Greensboro, North Carolina, to live in this facility, and they're going to hire 800 people to help. So, and I think a lot of the youth are coming from, hold on a minute, let me see real quickly. I think they want to say, it says, ORR says that the fiscal year 2021, about seven out of 10 children at its facilities were 14 or older, and two-thirds were boys. About half of them are from Guatemala, and one third is from Honduras, and the rest were from El Salvador's and other countries. And, you know, we're not, I'm not saying one way or the other, but this person, she was very concerned about property taxes. She was very concerned about what's going to, what, there goes the neighborhood. And as a black person, I'm used to, if a black person moves into a white neighborhood, then all of a sudden there goes the neighborhood. But this is kind of above my pay grade, Bill. So I'm going to go to Perma, my good friend for Perma. What in the world is going on over at AHA, which is the term used for the America, American Hebrew Academy in Greensboro, North Carolina? Bill, what do you know? If, in, do you know anything about this? Well, you know, I can walk to it from here, from my house. It's that close. It's it's less than a mile. Um, but you got to give our, our listeners some context, because uh, what is an AHA? What is the facility? I think it's about 60 acres, and it was a private boarding school for Jewish kids, I think, from first grade to 12th grade. Uh, they have a, a synthetic track. They have an Olympic-sized swimming pool. They have gyms. They have dorms. They have cafeterias. So it's a self-contained, and it's it's got tremendous security because it was uh, a Jewish a community. And uh, obviously, they wanted to protect the folks. In fact, uh, I was told that the security system was set up by the Mossad, which is the Israeli Secret Service. So wow. you know, it was good. So it's kind of an ideal spot if you're going to put 800 people that uh, need to be educated on the language and other things, need them to be fed, need them to be housed, 
keep them active with soccer and whatever. They got a couple soccer fields with lights. So it's a perfect facility for that. But it's interesting, the history of that, that facility, and I knew quite a bit about it because a friend of mine was uh, at one point the uh, director of education, I think it's called or something. When that started, the architecture for that that came on, the fellow who, who funded it was a Jewish fellow, and I think he gave him $100 million to build this thing, So, and maybe even more. So they hired the architecture that one of the final students of Frank Lloyd Wright came in was the architecture and it's a beautiful facility. Uh, It has thermal energy. uh, So there's, they get their energy from the ground, uh, heat from the ground and cool from the ground. It had state of the art boards that were tied into computers and laptops for the kids for education. I hadn't been in the dorm. I was in this uh, swimming area and some of the sports areas and it's a, it's a great facility. But they were running it as a boarding school, and for some reason, it it didn't succeed. There's a lot of different talk why it didn't succeed, but it didn't succeed. And we have a pretty pretty uh, stout uh, Jewish community here in Greensboro, and they were kind of kept out of it. They they I'm sure if they wanted to to help it, it would have, but it, it basically ran out of money, and they uh, had to sell it, and uh, they sold it uh, to the Chinese. And the Chinese. The Chinese and the Chinese were going to send over kids here to the school to, to prepare for exams to get into colleges in America and some other things uh, related to Chinese culture and COVID hit. So they obviously couldn't do that. Then the, the Chinese, I think they paid 21 million or 28 million for it. Uh, they're part of it. And then uh, and then it sat idle for a while because, uh, you know, with COVID, nobody could do anything. And there were a couple of caretakers on it and stuff. And then uh, we had heard some rumblings that this was going to happen. And uh, then all of a sudden, boom, it happened. I saw in the paper uh, or on a news report that the five years that the uh, Homeland Security, I'm not sure wh- which agent, government agencies renting it, is going to rent it, I think, for 42 or $49 million over those five years. So it's pretty Pretty, you know, that'll pay the mortgage. <laughs> so, so Bill, okay, forty some odd million dollars. And again, we have I we have no verification on all the final things we're reading and listening to what we hear. And obviously, you have more information than the young lady had when she was telling me because she was just concerned more in a nice way. She was very nice about it, but she's and very apologetic. Odell, it's not that I hate anybody or anything. I'm just concerned about my property value. So realistically, Bill, I didn't think about it, but this is your property value also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's around that area, uh, there's the uh, Jewish temple, a temple Emmanuel, uh, where it was right across the street from it. And then there's communities in that area that, you know, have homes that go from 400000 to a million and a half dollars. And wow. probably the average home is over 500000 So it's it's pretty significant. But you know, the way it's structured, uh, you probably won't even see anybody because the way this thing was set up, they have a, they have a, a security gate all the way around it. Uh-huh. And uh, it's pretty tough to get through. And then on the other side of the gate is just tons of bushes. So you can't even see in. There's only a couple of places that you can actually see in. So I don't think, you know, if they stay on campus, which I guess they're going to do, nobody will even know they're there they didn't announce it 
because I don't think they're going to go out into the community. I don't think they're going to let them do that because uh, these would be unaccompanied minors and probably don't know the language that well. So they might take them on day trips and stuff. You make hey, they might take them to Mount Zion. <laughs> hey, I'm going to recommend that. <laughs> Bill, bus, Bill, bus Bill, Bill. <laughs> everyone's everyone's welcome at our church. Let's say that. In addition, this is just going to be interesting because what we're describing is a situation that appears to be through the media. And you know, you can't always believe everything you hear in the media. And since podcasting is part of media, we put ourselves in that same situation. However, we're looking at the possibility of 800 individuals coming to Greensboro, North Carolina. But this is not a Greensboro situation. This is a national situation because once I started reading, one thing you find out is that we saw everything going on during the Obama administration consider, considering the border. You know, that was a big deal. And how are we going to do this whole thing on becoming a citizen? It was all kind of words out there that is 6 million undocumented to... 20 million undocumented, we didn't know. So how are we going to do that? And President Obama had the dreamers and a bunch of other stuff, okay? Then we had an election, and I remember something that is like, we're going to build a wall. Who's going to build a wall? And the crowd would chant, Mexico is going to build a wall. And I mean, I remember that. You know, I, you may have forgotten that, Bill, but I remember that. And I remember then candidate President Trump saying that we're going to build a beautiful wall and the wall going to have beautiful doors and everything like that. Okay. Then came the pictures of the kids coming over, because I think what we're talking about is these individuals who got separated from their parents, correct? I and think so. All I the think so. Of them, kind of or, like or they came over by themselves without their parents. There you go. So it's a lot we don't know. So again, and all I'm trying to do is put out the facts. So now here we are years later. So what happened to the folks from the Obama administration when they were coming over, the Trump administration, the Biden administration? So now all of a sudden, what was the wall, the border, is Greensboro's North Carolina, our front porch. So, Bill, how does thing get from one thing to the other? Well, I, I don't know if these are uh, legal immigrants or not. Uh I don't know enough about our immigration law that says, you know, if they get into our country, we have to provide them services. Uh, but obviously we're paying the bill. Uh, the government's paying the bill for education. And uh, excuse me, Bill, we are the government. Yep. We are taxpayers. There's no mystical thing out there called the government. I get in this argument with people all the time. Well, the government is just paid for it. And I tell them we are the government. You know, the taxes I pay every year is the government. So I apologize, but that's one of my hot buttons because Odell pays more taxes than anybody else and my fair share. But we are the government. So I apologize, my friend. No, no, you're right. We are the government and it's coming out of our taxes. You know, the question, you know, I'm just curious, you know, what what is the purpose of bringing them there? Uh, that hasn't been made clear to me. Uh, and then once they're there for four or five years, do they stay for a year and move on to something else? Where do they go? They stay there all five years. And then where do they go? Do they get integrated into the Greensboro community? You know, we have a, a school called newcomer school and there's probably 40 different languages in that. It's people that come over that have immigrated and they put their young kids in there and they learn English as a foreign language. They learn about our legal whoa, system. Whoa, whoa. English as a foreign language. I've heard the term English as a second language. 
as a foreign language bill. Did you slip that one by me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. English is a foreign language. And because uh, none of them speak uh, or very few of them speak English. So they they teach them English there. You know, it's not fair to put them in the normal population. That doesn't make sense. So they've started this thing called a newcomer school, and it's been very, very successful. Uh, I've been to it a number of times. We had a scout unit there for a while and uh, teaching them scouting. We took them out to camp. Uh, so that that was fun. I was there with Chief Justice uh, Paul Newby in 2010, and he talked about the judicial system and how it works, how our laws work, how we have a constitution and stuff. You know, you wonder if they don't speak English, how they going to understand something that complex. But it seemed that they 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 enjoyed listening to Justice Newby. Um, so anyhow, that may be an avenue. Uh, and Greensboro's always been going back to the 1700s with the Quakers, welcoming in people. You know, we have the uh, the Underground Railroad was this was the most northern stop for the Underground Railroad before they shipped them off to Ohio or Canada. And, uh, and they snuck and there, there's an underground railroad tree that's still there today that runaway slaves would, would go and uh, be picked up by the Quakers and the Quakers would take care of them, give them a job. And, uh, there was actually a free black community, uh, where target is now right next to aha, by the way, it's, it's right next to aha, uh, that land used to be part of the Quakers. And so there's a, a free black community, about 600 families lived in there. The Quakers supported them. And then, you know, you think about it, Wrangler jeans and Lee jeans and all that stuff was started here in around 1899 uh, by two Jewish men. Talk about coming to the South as a Jewish person and starting a business Uh in Greensboro. They obviously had to feel welcome and secure to want to invest their life in a business. And it became very successful, obviously. Uh, and there's other stories like that in our town uh, that, you know, I think one of the reasons we're getting uh, the Toyota battery plant is because we're so inviting. Uh, we have Honda jet already. Uh, and then we got boom, which is going to be the supersonic jet coming. Uh, you know, part of the draw to this particular community is that we are very inclusive and we, we try not to exclude people. We've gotten away from it a little bit, but we're, getting back to it. So that might've been part of it, but I think it was the location and the type of facility that kept, would keep the kids secure. They couldn't get out. Okay. And people couldn't get in. So Bill, so it appears that what you're saying, because some would listen to this say, well, Bill, you sound like them doggone Democrats. And some people say, Odell, you sound like those doggone Republicans. But the thing about it is what we're saying is that it's two different sides to this. So when the young lady, and obviously she's in your neighborhood, or if you could walk to it, that's close enough. So her concerns and others' concerns about the property value and everything else going on, because I talked to our good friend, uh, Congressman Mark Walker, and his argument was, well, Odell, this is fine, but a lot of these kids are 17, 18. Do they, uh, these are not his exact words, but I'll paraphrase. Do they uh, just age out? like one would do in foster care or something like that. So what happened when you have 17, 18? And of course, he mentioned the possibility. He didn't say that they may be gang related, that how does young adolescent boys survive in an environment where there's no adults around? And usually you form 
bonds or some would call them gangs or something like that. And I'm not saying that's what happened. That didn't happen. But that was some of his concerns that may be valid. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if you have 800 individuals coming into a community. Now, I live out in the sticks with the squirrels and the deers and the rabbits and the foxes. I saw a fox in my front yard the other day. So I got a little bit of everything going on over here. But we don't have 800 people moving within a walking a mile walking distance, but anybody who comes out here where I live know to get to my house, you have to go through about, pass about two or three Confederate battle flags, rebel battle flags still flying. And of course, we always have the don't tread on me flags out here and everything else, Bill. So it is what it is, right? What, so people would say, Odell, you came and you moved into our neighborhood. What kind of neighborhood do you live in, dude? I live in Greensboro, wow. North Carolina. Holy Welcome in. Welcome in neighborhood, yeah, oh, welcome to community. Wow. Well, you know, the uh, let's talk about property values. Do I think it's going to decrease them? I don't think so. You know, maybe if if the kids get out and start committing crime, yeah, then maybe we're going to have some issues. But uh, uh, I, I, you know, I think that that that's such a sh- secure facility. It's going to be hard for them to get out. I guess you could always sneak out if you had to. But you know, it's interesting. I was at uh, this past Saturday. I was asked to go down to Salisbury. Chief Justice Newby told me about Cree, his name is. He's going to be on our podcast at some point. He's got a ministry where he wants to, he, he was, he bought a prison from the state of North Carolina that they mothballed and they weren't going to use. And oh, wait, wait a minute, Bill. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've heard of the private prison industrial system. You're saying a gentleman bought a prison from the state of North Carolina that was in mothballs that the South, the state of North Carolina was not going to use. Can I ask you one or two questions on that before you move on, sir? First thing is how many acres was the prison? 30. Is the prison? 30 acres. 30 acres. And I didn't see a for sale sign, but maybe that's something I not in my circles. How much did the gentleman pay for the prison? $1. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like like four quarters, I think so. I think so. I don't have that for a fact, but that's that's a number I heard somebody throw out. And uh, he's using it for a ministry. He's doing it to rehab, and he's proven it already. He's already done it. He rehabs uh, people, um, the the men and the kids, and he's going to turn it into a trade school for felons and their families to learn culinary arts auto mechanic, Joe Gibbs has already given him equipment and a race car to work on, carpentry, plumbing, and electrical, all trades that we need people for. He's going to teach them, and uh, he's getting a grant, I think, from Bank of America to do it. Uh, so he's he's got big ideas. So I went down to see this, and what, here's, here's the story why I got into that. You contrast AHA, which is like a luxury resort, quite frankly, and you go down there, and you've got the – razor wire on top and you got all the cells are still there. I mean, I've never been in a jail before. So I walked around and those cells are stark, really stark, no air conditioning, a couple fans. And they had all kinds of exercise areas. But the thing I noticed, so you've got, could they put kids in there? Could they put 800 kids in there? That, that my contrast. Well, the problem is that they don't have a cafeteria set up. They don't have heat and air conditioning like they should. And it's a prison. 
And it's it, so kids would feel like they're in prison as opposed to a facility where they could play soccer, go swimming, play baseball, play football, you know, run track, do exercises. So it makes a lot of sense for young people to be in AHA as opposed to a mothballed prison. The one thing that was uh, an observation I saw, there were yellow paint on every post where every clip was that held the uh, fencing together. And every every joint had yellow paint all the way around this whole thing. And I, I was wondering, what the heck is that? You know, it's not rust proofing or anything like that. Well, they did it because if somebody started cutting away those those supports, it would move the yellow and you'd see it. You can look at it real wow. quick and see it. So you could walk around and look at all the joints where before, if you cut it, you could kind of push it back together. And then at night, when you decide to escape, you just push it all out. So it was kind of interesting uh, things I saw. The uh, so anyhow, it's the, the contrast of the two, and you know, I think if we're gonna if we're gonna take care of kids and we're gonna do it right, AHA is probably a good place for it. But were the neighbors a little concerned? Yeah, I suspect so. I'm not. I'm not at all. In fact, uh, I'm gonna see what I can do to help them. Bill, some may say you're gonna get kicked out of the Republican club. This immigration thing has been a big deal because we're back to. We're going to build a wall and we're going to make Mexico pay for the wall. Well, that didn't happen. Neither <laughs> of those things happen. And, and, you know, that's all rhetoric. And if you believe it, you, I got some, I got a bridge for you to buy. How about the, uh, a prison for me to buy for a dollar though? There you hey, go. Sell me the prison for a dollar. Listen, it's, well, the other thing is the area where this prison is, is yeah. really rough, really rough. So, I mean, so there's not aha. Well, no. the way you described the difference of, and, and audience, we're not saying to put anybody anything, but the description was AHA is a luxury resort and the prison is in a really, really rough area. What does rough mean, Bill? Describe rough to me. I think I know where you're going, but explain rough to me. Pawn, to sh- pawn shops, strip joints, bars, you know, just just places that people get in trouble. And when you look at them, they look seedy and you know poor lighting not taken care of graffiti all over i mean just really 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 scary place to be at night so i guess if i was a prisoner i probably wouldn't want to escape it'd be too dangerous but uh, (laughs) you are let let me tell you something you are crazy how you mean you said (laughs) it was safer in the prison than it was in the community around the prison. Yeah, I tell you what, I I drove around and I was like, holy cow! I it's I think it's in China Grove, North Carolina, wow. outside of Salisbury. The uh, but I guess you know I it, it, when you said, hey, I might want to get involved. What a perfect place to put a Boy Scout unit to teach kids duty to God, duty to country, service to others, and then take care of yourself. So I would say if there are gang members in there. Let's get them. Let's straighten them out. Let's turn them around and let them become good American citizens. You know, we we don't have enough workers in this country that want to work and do certain jobs. Some of these immigrants are willing to do that to get started. Okay, so let's let let me go back. Let me go back because what it says about AHA is that the school is on 100 acres campus that was closed in 2019. It will now be leased to the federal government for five years, during which the American Hebrew Academy will provide educational support. In 2019, the school was valued at $84.5 million. It has 31 buildings, 
35 residential staff apartments, a 88,000 square foot, $18 million athletic center, and a natrium along with 22 acre lake. So you have football, I mean, you have soccer fields, you have basketball courts, you have all this kind of good stuff going on. So if you're gonna come someplace, hey, why not come here? So Bill, someone broke the deal. Someone, it's almost like when we went to see the play Alexander Hamilton, someone brokered this deal because I don't think the uh, federal government just woke up one day and said, hey man, let's come to Greensboro. Let's come to Greensboro. What do you think happened? I wasn't in the room, you wasn't in the room, but you had a magic wand, just like someone brokered the deal for the prison, someone broke the deal for AHA to now be the plush resort. So who do you think brokered the deal? Well, it's federal. It's a federal agency, so possibly someone through the federal government. Got it. Got it. Because uh, Congressman Ted Budd was asking about it. I don't think he broke the deal. And then we have Congressman, uh, Congressperson Kathy Manning. So between Ted Budd and Kathy Manning, I think it's in their district, right? So if someone's coming here, they would have to come to your district. Yeah. Or at least talk to you about it. Or maybe if it's federal government, you said, hey, no, you don't understand how it works. The federal government does what the federal government wants to do. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But uh, obviously, someone came, looked at it and said, this is perfect. We've got the money and let's do it. Uh, when do they arrive? When do these uh, hoodlums, hoodlums arrive? Uh, no, nah, nah, we're not going to say hoodlums or anything. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Um, the, th the thing about it is the person brought it to my attention, which made me go and stop and look. And the original reports were saying it would happen in July. Then there was a lot of denials that, no, there's no deal on the table and it won't happen. And I think the last article that I saw, um, what was the date on it, Odell? June 30th, it talked about North Carolina migrant shelter quietly opens after HHS denies plans to Congress. So it's a lot of stuff here. I don't know what's true or what's not true. And all we're doing is presenting and commenting on what our listening audience um, ask us about, because we always encourage everyone who listens to us to give us feedback. And this is just a typical example of someone giving us feedback saying, hey, Odell and Bill, check into this. What do you all think? And again, we don't know anything other than the fact that something's going on and we just want to start a conversation to see how it may or may not affect those in the community and how it may or may not affect the individuals coming. But the way the articles are saying, 800 jobs are coming to Greensboro, and we'll see how that works, Bill. We'll see how it works. But to your point, hey, it's it's, it's a plush, nice site over there. Hey, hey, I, I don't, don't understand. Know, I don't understand something. You said it's 800 jobs, or are there 800 kids coming? Uh, it said it talked about they got to hire 800 individuals too. So, so there's going like, to be one one person for one kid. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. But it's a lot of misconception, misinformation. So all I'm doing is reading articles from people who are reporting on it. So it appears that the people who knows are not saying much. Or if someone, anyone who listening to us can point us in the direction of some factual information, that would be great also. Because, Bill, man, uh, if you have 800 kids, supposedly, and then you hire 800 people to run the place, supposedly, that's a better ratio than what we have in the public school system on kids and teachers. Yeah. And I'm not fighting yeah. against it. I'm just saying, let's just look at some facts and some comparisons because it's only if, if, if our taxpayers' dollars are paying $41 million, right? 
to yep. lease it. All I'm saying, let's compare contracts. And it's okay. Let's just not do it in secrecy. Let's not do it behind closed doors. Let's bring it out and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Both well, you know, for me, because this is what I'm doing. Well, you know, in public school, the ratio is about 20 or 30 to one teacher. And uh, you go to a private school, it's about 20 to one. You go to church youth group, it's about 10 to one. And if you go to the Boy Scouts, it's two kids for every trained adult. So to go to one-to-one, now 800 people, some of those people might be just, you know, cleaning the facilities. They might be uh, cooking. So it's, they're not going to be actually totally interacting with the kids. Because when you do that ratio of 21, it's a teacher to a student. So I, I don't know how big classrooms, the classrooms are. I've been in them, but I don't remember. They're not very big. I mean, 20 kids probably at the most. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I, I think we had to do a follow-up podcast on, on how my house got broken into or something. You know, I feel, stop that, stop <laughs> that. Because listen, I got under, I'm one uh, Democrat who supported school choice, of course, charter schools and everything. And I got beat up so bad. You know, I get beat up a lot. I got beat up so bad. It's like, I cannot believe you're taking money from public school systems and all this kind of stuff, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not taking money. I'm not voting to take money from public school systems, but I am voting to for parents, whether they're black or white, rich or poor, whatever, to have a choice on where their children is going to be educated. Because when you mentioned the, the difference between the ratios between an educator and the students and the private schools are usually the better because one get have to pay. And a lot of times people don't have the money to pay. So I'm trying to bring a stark contrast and comparison to the fact that if this facility, and I have nothing against the facility, all I'm asking for as a taxpayer is some transparency. And if the facility is doing a ratio that's better than any public school ratio, that's fine. Just let us know. And if somebody's paying for it, i.e. my tax dollars are paying for it, that's fine too, but let me know. And if you let me know, then that's different because that helps shape the argument when we look at school choice for folks who look like me and others and said, just let us know. Let us know what's going on. And if we know what's going on, I think that's only fair. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, hey, I, gotta, you know, I was just thinking while you're talking, uh, say we've got a bilingual teacher at a private school and a bilingual teacher at a public school and this new group at AHA offers significantly more money is it for a teacher and they leave where they're at. Do you think that's going to happen? Of course. It's, 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 it's market-based economy. I think about right now, you, you made a statement. You said that what's happening now in the economy, we're looking for more people who want to work because that's, that's, the, that's the phrase you said, that people who want to work, not the people who are eligible to work, the people who want to work. And of course, with COVID, a lot of things happen and it shifts our structure as it relates to those who work in certain type of jobs and other type of jobs. Now, with that being said, I've heard so many people say that, you know, a lot of people, the Biden administration gave money to people not to work. And it got to the point where people made more money not working than working. And so now when you ask people to come back to work, they're not coming back to work. They have readjusted and doing some other things. So I see some of that as being true, not all of it, but at the same time, if we could find common ground on the issues, it's just that this, just something about this situation, and I have nothing against uh, migrant children 
to be housed at the American Hebrew Academy in Greensboro. I have nothing against that. But what I ask is, it'd be great if we had some transparency because I just think we need transparency on things like this, especially when it's taxpayers' dollars. And if someone says, well, you know what? You have no say in your dollars, then that's, that, that just takes us places I don't think this country at this time needs yeah. to go. That's well, all. you know, you talk about transparency. Have you ever been consulted on how they fund an aircraft carrier? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. It didn't really care. Yeah. But I care about this, though. Why? I care about this. Why? Why? Because what it's going to do is going to affect the local school system, even though people say, nope, don't worry about it. They won't be going to public school. Everything's be fine. That's fine. It's going to affect the fact that we're fighting right now for Medicaid expansion, right? Trying to say healthcare. And this says, well, everyone who comes in here will have their own health care and they will have everything. Bill, people who look like me are dying because of the lack of access to health care. I've been fighting for years to get health care facilities on East Greensboro, fighting for years. And I get all these stories about, well, well, the demographics, the zip code and everything else. Hey, the zip code that this is going in is one of the most wealthy zip codes in Greensboro and free health care. That's fine. So I'm not concerned about all the argument. I'm just saying the transparency so that when we have the discussion and you tell me why I can't get health care on the black part of town for people who need health care. And I'm going to point to the fact that but we do whatever else we want to do with health care, but we don't do it there. You sound so that's, like a, my, that's my why. You sound like a Republican. I sound like a citizen who's concerned with their taxpayers' dollars. And what I don't know is the fact that if you don't be an advocate, it won't happen. Yep. And if you allow people who represent you, because I say this and I always say this, the black vote, the black vote, the Democrats take the black vote for granted and the Republicans ignore the black vote. The black vote is caught between a political rock and a hard place. And when our representatives go in the room behind closed doors and come out with certain deals and come back and say, vote for me because this, or if my president, who I, su who I support, President Biden said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Come on, man. Well, come on, man. That's crazy. If, 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 let's do a, a big if here. Federal government came to the black community in Greensboro and said, we're going to do give, we're going to pay $42 million to take 800 kids and put them in AHA for four years and give them a good education. How would you feel about that? I would say no. I would say you take your $41 million and invest it in the black community on the side of town that the kids live on and you build an AHA on that side of town. You build what should have been built in the first place. You go back and look at those schools that got taught by the tornadoes, uh, what, five or six years ago that haven't been rebuilt yet. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't go right by something that's in front of you and say, it's nothing to see here. Let's go someplace else. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I hear you. The uh, Yeah, I think those tornado ones, they, they condemned them. They tore them down and they're going to rebuild them. I think with some of the bond money we just got approved. The, How many uh, years ago was that, Bill? How many years ago was right, that? It was about eight? five. It was about five or maybe eight. I don't know. It was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, they're not arguing, but I guess I do sound like someone who's very much concerned about the transparency so that next time when someone comes to our church or any other church or facility and say, vote for me, this, 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 then I want to look at your track record. I'm saying that's fine. Let me look at your track record 
because it's not enough just to vote for me. What did you do with my vote? That's all. Do you think the uh, federal government consulted the governor about this? I don't know who's in the room, but I know who wasn't in the room. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it, too, is who wasn't in the room. There was a lot of people that weren't in the room. Right. Totally agree. But somebody got paid, Bill, $41 million for five-year lease. I don't know. You know, I failed the third and the fourth grade, but I think I could do a Jeffro Bodine dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and somebody got paid. Yeah. Somebody got paid, my friend, with the possibility of doing another five-year lease on top of this five years. And now, so you're looking at another 10-year lease, the price of things going up. So maybe, hey, before it's all over, 41, another 40, something might be $100 million. And who knows what's up? And also, what's the exit strategy? What's the plan for these young men and women when they age out? What's the plan? That's all I'm saying. Can you tell us what the plan is? Can you tell us part of what's going on? Yeah, I haven't heard any outcry from any politician. It's amazing. Well, listen, we're getting up to the end here. So what's the common ground on AHA? Mexico is going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall, build a beautiful wall, <laughs> shiny doors in the wall. And who's going to build the wall? Well, guess what? Mexico! Guess what? The wall's in Greensboro right now. It's around AHA. It's a, hey, wow. Wow. I'm going to shut up on that. Bill, you just shut my mouth. <laughs> well, buddy, I'll see you uh, in the next podcast. And maybe we'll have a little more information on this. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure it's going to be interesting what happens over there. Build a wall, baby. Mexico yep. going to pay for the wall. And you said, Odell, the wall's around AHA. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you later. Yeah, I love you, man. Take care. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.